You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. I believe so. Yes. Hello, everybody. And thank you for joining us today uh, for Thursday Night Appetizer. As you can see, I've changed my environment a little bit. I'm uh, outside because the weather has finally warmed up and we're very happy to be here uh, with you to discuss next Sunday's gospel, to hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. And most of all, our theme, which is unify. Um, To be isolated is terrible. To be unified is what God wants for us. So we are here to further unify you uh, to God and to the parish. And we're so happy to join you, to, that you can join us tonight. We have a lot of guests here, so we're going to just get everybody to uh, unmute and say hi. If you don't mind, that'll, that'll steal the, the uh, spotlight away from me. So go ahead. Hi there. everyone. And Brian Plumstead. Go ahead, Jordan, in April. Hi, it's April. Hi, Jordan. Good to see everyone. <laughs> nice to gather. All right, so we've done this. We've all done this before, and uh, I don't think FJ said hi. He did. Yes, did? Uh, Sam. Uh, a special hi to you, Sam, and to everyone else. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, FJ. Very nice of you. <laughs> hey, do you have intro music, Sam? No, I, I'm a, l- a little bit lower tech today because of uh, on account of Sounds being outside. Good. So we're just gonna have to do without uh, without the yep. intro music. So this coming Sunday, the church celebrates the Feast of the Ascension, and um, the backgrounder, which I'll shortly go over, will will focus on, on the one hand, the confusion of the disciples, which I think we, we can all relate to, and on the other hand, how God responds to that by uh, by revealing to us that Jesus Christ truly is Lord, and that we, we trust that he's our Lord, then that does not eliminate, but it pushes to one side the confusion of life today or any day. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, And just before that, I'm going to ask if uh, one of us, one of you guys would like to pray um, out right after after the backgrounder and someone else to read the gospel passage. Um, April, would you consider praying for us this evening? Would that be okay? Sure, I can do that. Great. And Jordan? Um, actually, Sam, I don't know. If, can you do this? It's it's relatively short notice, but could you do instead of the gospel because the account of the ascension is prototypically given in the first reading from Acts. Whether we could just look at the passage from Acts and um, just the just the, the the second part of it. No problem. That's great. Are you okay with that, Jordan? Yes. You, you awesome. Okay. So let's get into the backgrounder, if that's okay, Sam. Yep. Great. Just go ahead and start. I'm gonna. If you put it up for me, I can start to oh. read it. Oh, you, you need to see it. I do. Okay. Well, you're gonna have to hang on a second then. I will. Okay. So the scene is basically you have this group of Jesus friends as disciples gathered with him, and they ask him a question, which is very obvious to them, may not be obvious to us. Is they ask him this question? They say, "Lord." Is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Because he's risen from the dead. They have all the proof that they need. Not only that he's risen from the dead, that means he's the Messiah. That's proved. And they knew the Messiah. Even at that point, we're still thinking the way that 
the whole Bible to that point reveals the Messiah would restore the kingdom to Israel. And that's not going to happen. So they're confused. In fact, he leaves. They're confused. Uh, but the most important thing that needs to happen for them and for us is to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Um, I think confusion is, is a big part of life. Um, we're living in tumultuous times, wondering when things will get better, hoping, I know I am hoping and praying that God will fix everything. And sometimes impatient, today I'm impatient for sure, because he doesn't do what I want right away. Now, Jesus' answer to his disciples at the time is direct and honest. He says to them, it is not for you to know. They want to know when he's going to restore the kingdom. His answer, it is not for you to know. Because he has other plans for them, that they will be his witnesses eventually to the ends of the earth. I mean, I think we couldn't blame the disciples if they were even more confused by Jesus' answer. Not only has he ignored their question, but he has other plans for them. They would have never expected that he would want them to be his witnesses to the whole world. How can they even do this? Jesus promises that it will be when they receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And in the second reading from Ephesians chapter 1, Jesus, having reminded the disciples that the Father is all authority, we'll read there that Jesus has been set by God at his right hand, far above all rule and authority. Mark writes that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, and he shares God's power. And this power is seen when the disciples begin to fulfill what Jesus commanded. They went out and proclaimed the good news everywhere, and it was confirmed by signs. So just to leave us with a few questions, we're often confused and wondering when Jesus will restore our lives back to normal, but does he have a plan for each of us? How does he respond to our confusion? Some suggestions. First, he asks us to trust that he is truly Lord over all things, all times, and all places. Second, he promises to give us also the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us. And finally, he sends us out on mission into our corner of the world. The invitation this week is to put aside our confusion, our agenda, and to serve the Lord Jesus by proclaiming the coming of his kingdom. So we turn over to April for prayer, and then Jordan will read the uh, second part of our passage from Acts chapter 1. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, for all of the blessings within it. We thank you for the ways that you're working in our lives and in um, the lives of our family and friends and uh, we just ask that you would be present to us this evening. We call upon your Holy Spirit to um, bring us clarity, especially when we're experiencing confusion. Uh, we know that this last year has been difficult for uh, so many people, for all of us, and there's been so much confusion and uncertainty, and we just pray that you would give us your wisdom and your vision Help us to see things the way that you see them. And I just pray that, um, yeah, you would give us your Holy Spirit so that we can go out on mission and do whatever it is that you're calling us to do right now. Please fill us with courage. Help us to see the next step that we need to take. And I pray that you would uh, speak clearly to us through your word tonight. May our hearts be quiet and still to listen 
may we trust that you have something to say to us. And uh, may we always remember that you are greater, you are bigger, and you are better than anything, than any obstacle and trial and struggle and any evil that we're experiencing right now. So may we just take this time to, to be present with you as we hear your word proclaimed. Come, Holy Spirit. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the time or period that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be by my witness in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So if, you, if it's okay with everyone, just invite you to unmute. And as you feel called to, I'll just take a moment to share one word or thought or phrase and why you chose that from the passage that we were looking at. The phrase that stood out to me was, as they were watching, and the reason it stood out to me is I was just thinking about how um, it could mean two things. It could mean like when you're watching something, it's you're either watching something sort of as an observer or as like a, like a spectator, or you could be watching as a way of expecting something or like in a, in a way of expectation, like you like you were watching to see, you know, if uh, something would happen. And I, I was just thinking about how um, I, one of the things, one of the answers that Jesus, I think, gives us he doesn't give us the answer we're looking for always, which is, you know, he says, um, you know, this is not for you to know, just kind of like all of us when we ask God a question, like what, what do you want me to do? Or where do you want me to go? He doesn't always answer the way we think, but he does want us to watch and be attentive and be sort of waiting and anticipating what he's going to do next. I think you need to be attentive or you'll miss the little things that God's doing. And I, I think he wants us, he wants us to notice those things and be attentive to them. Well, I, I felt the uh, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will come on you really spoke to me. The passage that stood out for me is uh, this same Jesus will come back in the same way as you have seen him before. For me, that was very reassuring. Quite similar for me as well, Francis. He will return the same way. I tend to be kind of literal and he went up into the clouds and he's going to come back in through the clouds. So clouds have a kind of a spiritual meaning for me. It's always gazing up and wondering, is Jesus literally going to come back? What stood out to me was, um, you will in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. Um, I was just, I guess, struck by the like confidence and the certainty there that, um, yeah, Jesus speaks with confidence um, because like, obviously, right? <laughs> you know, he can, like he knows everything. And, um, but I guess I just um, was comforted in that, like, I'm just so grateful that he is the one thing that I can and am sure of. Um, yeah, just, I was reminded of that. I had similar thoughts to Sam um, as they're watching. They're obviously like and um, really engaged in what was happening, and um, but like almost like in like a kind of a trance of what was happening, because then they later on in the passage, um, other men, um, two men in white robes stood beside them, saying, "What are you looking up for?" Like being called to back to reality of we still, even though that Jesus is gone, we still have a mission to complete. We like, you can't just be looking up. You still need to be living that as well. So keep your eyes on it, but you're still on this earth to, to continue on. Um, I focused on the word receive and you will receive power. And that's a challenging word for me, but really important because I, um, like to think of myself as a strong person maybe i am maybe i'm not or better yet sometimes i am sometimes i'm not um but it's hard for me to receive because i would imply for me that i would be giving up being in charge like i'm not in charge of my own life even i need to receive that power and i can look back and say for sure when i try to do things on my own it's just completely different it's almost like trying to make things happen as opposed to letting God do what he needs to do. So my word is receive. So I, I encourage, um, there are a few of us on this evening, but I think that's okay. We, we all know each other a bit. So um, I'm going to throw out questions periodically, but if anyone wants to jump in at any point, I really encourage you to. And, um, you know, if we keep it a bit lively, that, that'll be okay. So just jump in when you feel like it, and I'll help to direct traffic when needed. You need the hat if you're going to direct traffic. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just had a thought about something Jordan said, which I guess was similar to what I had shared, but uh, it really made me think of something. Sort of the vertical versus the horizontal. So they're looking up and the angels come and say, why are you looking up? You should be looking out, you know? And I was just thinking when I think of the saints, you could you could argue that a saint is someone who balances the vertical and the horizontal. They They aren't just looking up even though they're always depicted like with this kind of dazed look on their face, looking up at heaven, fine. They, they balance that though with the horizontal, with care for their neighbor, for, for the poor, for other people. And the tendency I think is to get stuck on one or the other to get like mm. either focusing only up or focusing only out and forgetting about God are sort of the two. I know for me anyway, are my two of my biggest temptations. Anyway, just what I was thinking. Uh, April, I wanted to ask you about something you said, which was the one sure thing that you can be confident in is Jesus. And that's that's mm -hmm. amazing. I feel that way, but I don't always feel that way. So I was just thinking, have you have you ever thought about, probably have, about like, that can be hard for people. It may be harder for some people than it is for you. 
or, you know, ups and downs in your own confidence in Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's just how I feel right now. I mm-hmm. would say this isn't normal in my life, like to be um, as confident in Jesus. I know what I said when I was sharing, I was like, obviously, you know, I'm like some things aren't so obvious and like, anyways, but um, yeah, um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> there like there okay. have been times when I wasn't so sure of course um and those times are definitely difficult um yeah what do you think helps you to feel more confident maybe for anyone here for all of us here like to me this is about they're being asked to trust Jesus in an extraordinary way as he departs he's not coming back in their lifetime um mm-hmm. what what helps you to put Jesus first uh, as the center and Lord of your life? Like what helps you do that? That's not an obvious for any anyone really. Like, I think for me more recently, like what's, what's helped me is to not be so focused on my like fears and on all of the like things that are going wrong in the world and in yeah, in my life and in the lives of my like loved ones and stuff, like to intentionally be less focused on those things and to um, dwell upon um, certain passages from scripture that maybe like contradict what I'm feeling, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling fearful and I'm feeling um, like I'm in despair and feeling really low to sometimes it helps to just find something that contradicts that other times. Like, I don't know, you, sometimes you need to like read a passage from scripture where um, like, if you're struggling with doubt, like to read when Thomas is doubting or something like it kind of does really just depend for me, like on the season I'm in, I don't know. Anyone else? Yeah. This, what, what helps you to focus on Jesus as Lord, as your Lord? Well, I think one of the passages that's uh, phrases that's repeated numerous times throughout the Christian scriptures is "Fear not, I'm with you," and I um, that's I've it's getting close to four years since I retired, and I sort of made a mental um, note to myself before I retired, saying, "I don't have anything to prove now." Uh, maybe I thought I did in the past. I don't have anything to prove. And so when some opportunity comes up, I'll put my hand up. So, for instance, I just co-hosted, uh, before this meeting, I just co-hosted a town hall meeting um, with people interested in getting the hospice set up in Walkerton. And, um, but I know that I'm not doing this on my own. I know that Jesus is there. I know that... Um, with all my limitations that he's, he's my, uh, well, I don't know if this is sacrilegious, but I'm going to say he's my wingman and, um, he's there. Uh, he's always there. And, um, so no matter, I mean, I don't take risks, but, um, there are opportunities and those opportunities I think are opportunities that are inspired by the Holy spirit. So the Holy spirit is saying, I'm going to give you the, the power to do this 
you know, and I'm not talking about big things, but I'm just saying that um, um, I feel that maybe more so now in the last four years, uh, Jesus has been, um, I've relied on him more because I'm prepared to take, um, to step out of the comfort zone. Now, one of my favorite quotes uh, from the mystic Julian of Norwich, she writes, we were loved, we were loved from before the beginning. We were loved from before the beginning. And that really speaks to me because it's basically saying that even before, you know, uh, the beginning of the world, even before um, I came into this world, I was loved by God. That really gives me great, mm-hmm. comfort, great comfort. And um, I just noticed my two minutes is coming up, so I will sign off. Thanks, FJ. Thanks. That was great. I love that quote. Um, so Jordan, Susan, or Brian, how, what helps you to focus on Jesus as your Lord? Or what's that like for you? I think joining small groups and getting together, and that's been something that's been a bit limited. Um, last night we kind of had a project, so we missed Alpha, and I don't know, today just seemed to go really sideways, and I kind of felt like, you know, I think Jesus is saying, you, uh, you missed some time with me last night, so you're on your own today, buddy, and it's, it did not go so well. So, um, yeah, but gathering together with people, community, and of course, Zoom is okay, but in person is so much better. Yeah. Well, I'll go, I'll go from that. Just the phrase cloud of witnesses comes to me mm. when we're with one another. And um, I get great comfort from reading. And this is a fabulous book that I'm reading right now. It's the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't know how to pronounce this man's name. It's, uh, is it? Anyway, John Comer or Comer. Um, it's just a beautiful story and just how we can live like Jesus. So it's a great Christian who is just talking, you know, this is, this is, this is how we can do it. This is how we can kind of take it down, take it down, take it down. Uh, and it's really been, I think it's really been affecting me the last couple of weeks, you know, Susan, I think I heard an interview with him a, a while ago. Uh, I listened to a podcast from a Christian pastor in Barry, and I think he had him on. That rings a bell. Well, that reminds me of one of the struggles in my life, and maybe others in the group can relate, or if you're watching or listening, is I'm doing too many different things. I just am. And um, I can tell, and luckily I have people around me who can help me sort that out. That kind of relates to what you were saying, Brian, as well. Part of, part of for me is like, when my friends and brothers in Christ can say to me, ancestors in Christ can say to me, hey, um, you're kind of scattered these days. And the problem is every little thing I do, I like and is good, maybe even call upon my gifts. But I feel like for me, the Lordship of Jesus is like saying, okay, there's so many different things. Here's what I need from you now. And I don't need everything. And it's not you. So like I like what you said, take it down, Susan. That's a good way of putting it for me. It's like, it's not really up to me to fix everything, although I can feel tempted that way. Yeah. So he quotes Henry Nowen. I think I should mm-hmm. Brian this morning. Henry Nowen asked Mother Teresa, how do I do life right? How, how do I make it right? 
And Mother Teresa responded, I need some help here. Um, Spend an hour with the Lord and don't do anything or do, do, do nothing that you think is wrong. If you think it's wrong, don't do it. It's two really simple things. Spend an hour with the Lord. And if you think it's right, you know, do it. But don't do anything that you think is wrong. I thought that was really powerful from two very powerful people. Mm-hmm. Jordan? Um, I think I'm not, not always best at uh, having him as the center point of my life. And I've noticed that I, like you, Deacon Charles, that I need grounding. When I have too many things going on, that's when I need to go back to Jesus being the center. Um, yeah. Because, and then I, you, you get this humbling feeling because things start to fall apart. You can't keep all the balls in the air. And then that's part where I realize what do I, what is really important and what, what should I be focusing on? And it helps me to redirect myself to where I, where my attention should be. I don't know if that answered it correctly, but. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, I also feel like those are the times when, when we have let the things go that he's not really asking us to do, that we feel like that's when we open the way for the Holy Spirit to really act instead of us acting on our own. I don't know if that, does that ring a bell with anyone? It's like you get out of the way and then the Holy Spirit does it and the fruitfulness is not yours. FJ, what comes to your mind? Well, what comes to my mind is um, Nanny Annie. Now, that'd be surprising. Um, if you watched last Sunday's Nanny Annie, um, Anne had these pictures of different fruit. And why she had the pictures of the different fruit was that mm. she had a uh, little kids saying, how can I bear fruit? You know, how can I as a little child bear fruit? And so, of course, realizing it's a metaphor. And so she had those pictures up and... Um, so there's good fruit. Um, and, um, yeah, so whenever I see something, whenever I bear fruit um, and I say, this is good, then I give, I give praise to God. I thank God because I'm being used as an instrument. Um, and um, is this what I'm doing in bearing fruit? Does this, um, is this in service of others? Um, or is it serving my ego? Now, I wouldn't say that I have an overblown ego, but I think I have a very healthy ego, and sometimes it does get overblown. And so um, from time to time, I'll say a prayer, Lord, please bring me down, um, uh, prick, point a prick in that balloon of my ego. And um, so, um, yeah. You know, yeah, that reminds me of something that I can relate to, to till today. I need to hear this. This before we were ordained, the group of us who was studied to be deacons together, um, the deacon was then in charge of um, the diaconate program for the Diocese of Hamilton, Bill Rankin. He passed away. May he rest in peace. But Bill said to us, um, you need to know that ministry can be addictive. And unfortunately, I have to tell you that it's broken up marriages with deacons who got so addicted to their ministry, but really it's like, it's an addiction. It's a feeding of the ego. I can say definitely I've gone down that road. Um, you know, when you're at home, whether it's your family or your friends or your, your inner circle of people who actually know you, 
they'll be honest with you. But when you're in ministry, people thank you because you've just done something to help them. And and I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. It's like there's that addictive possibility. It was like you're going out, you're doing good things. People reward you. But back at home, it's like that's where the, you know, with your close friends, with your close family. I think that's something that I I, I ran into recently is just the the idea that in friendship with Christ, He's going to be really honest with us, and we need to be really honest with each other. Um, that that's way I get taken down, which I need. Uh, not to change the subject, but something that comes to mind for me um, is is just nature mm. and the simplicity of nature. I think probably a lot of our viewers can relate to kind of finding God when they go outside and they get into like a quiet place, you know, a place they love to be where they're in the natural world. I think the the reason that ties in with the the lordship of Jesus, it reminds me of his uh, his story about the sparrows and the flowers of the field, you know, and it was mm-hmm. it's in uh, uh, Matthew chapter six, you know, not to worry because sparrows don't worry. And um, I think when, for me, when I'm in those, when I'm in that environment and I'm surrounded by, by nature, there's like a simplicity to it. And like, almost like it's almost automatic that, uh, that God is in charge here. You know, nothing here is worried or in a rush <laughs> to, to uh, reference uh, Susan, you know, everything is just kind of as it should be. And is is surrendering. Nature is surrendering to God. Um, you know, the, I suppose the uh, analogy kind of falls apart when with like hurricanes and things like that, that don't seem at peace, but, but um, God has his way with nature in a way that um, is just almost automatic. And that, I think that's why it puts me at peace. It makes me realize that in my own life, if I would just be more like a flower or a bird, you know, and just simplify my life, um, that I'd just be so much happier. I could, I could trust God so much more knowing that he loves me and, and uh, he has a plan for me and he's not going to let me, let me go, you know, if I trust him. So I was going to ask uh, Jordan and maybe April as well. This would be applied to you as well, Sam. But I, I wonder if you feel that way being around little kids, like your own kids, Jordan or April. I know you've you've worked at taking care of little kids. I sort of feel like there might be a, an analogy to what Sam says because there's like I feel like they're right in the moment. I have it's a long time since we've had little kids at home, but does that sound familiar? Yeah, for sure. Um, Thomas always reminds uh, me of of that. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this to other people before, but my parents aren't really religious. Um, and I felt like there was, I was being called to bring them back to the faith. Um, but it, it's been Thomas, I think that's been doing that for us. And um, in his interaction, my mom didn't pick up the phone. So he left a FaceTime message and without prompting at all, he said, and uh, may Jesus be with you today. So like he has that simple message and it came from him, obviously from what we, what we teach him, but we didn't prompt him to say anything like that. He just called us and say hi to his grandma. So yeah, I can see that definitely with my kids. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just thinking about, um, yeah, with some of the work that I've done with, with younger kids kind of connected to nature just like their their wonder and awe and amazement of so many things and in particular nature that they just remind me like wow like these like yeah nature creation is amazing it is 
pretty unreal how it all operates and how God has his hand at work through it. And I feel like I had a childlike moment, so to speak, today. And I was just like looking, just driving and like looking at the fields and the trees and whatever. And uh, I was just like, it literally just takes like sun and water for things to grow. Like, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just, Connor's just like, a, what the heck? Like, I mean, some people use other things, obviously, to help their plants grow and whatever, but like, um, and there's nutrients too in the soil, but like, it's just so simple. Like, the, the three things they need the very minimal things that they need to grow and and the results that are produced are crazy so yeah i want to go back to the confusion a bit because i think for all of us at the same time and this is so important whether it's nature or little kids we see the lordship of jesus it's it's so easy to enter into that like this sunset i can see a bit of the sunset out my window here it's so beautiful this evening as it was yesterday we got some sprouts going literally just water yeah once they're sprouted, you put them in the sun. Amazing. That's it. That's a miracle. So coming mm-hmm. back to confusion, though, I actually think we should we should reflect on this a bit, that the world we're in right now is probably pretty much as confusing as any time in human history. I'm not going to try to compare periods and eras of history, but there is so much confusion right now, whether it's the public health situation, whether it's people's identities, whether it's the church, it's like, wow, you know? Um, And I actually feel like this is a beautiful invitation to whoever it was, maybe it was Sam or someone, I can't remember, one of you said, just to simplify. And it's like, remember, Jesus is in charge of all of this confusion as much as he is of nature, as much as he is in the hearts of little children. Um, And that um, we can kind of go through this um, with the advice, like you, you were saying, Susan, it's like, spending significant time with the Lord and just, just make sure you don't do anything you know to be wrong. You know, it, um, I, I also want to add, and just maybe we can wrap up with this is um, Jesus expects great things of his disciples, like to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. I just want to ask each person in our group as we wrap up, um, what does it feel like to consider the possibility that Jesus expects great things of you here and now in the middle of all the confusion. Jesus wants me to be the best version that he made me to be. And so that gives me great confidence that he's going to give me the uh, gifts um, and graces uh, to be the best version. Um, that's, uh, that's what it is all about uh, from the time of my birth. My journey is is on the way to becoming the best version that I was created to be. Thanks, FJ. I think it's about saying yes when opportunities arise and, and trying to get in that habit of saying yes. Not that I do that, but I aspire to do that. I just Thank like you, Brian. These are very limited, but there still are opportunities even online. Mm-hmm. April, you're muted at the moment. Sorry. It's a Zoom um, thing. Saying, um, how's it feel to know that Jesus expects great things? That's what you're asking. Yeah, of you. Um, yeah. yeah, I would say I have mixed feelings about it because it's like he has expectations, great expectations 
um, for us. And so there's like, yeah, a standard that we need to uh, live up to. And like, we had to take um, things seriously, but also like, I feel important. I feel honored that like to know that I'm part of that plan and that um, he has a role for me. And I feel better. I, I feel more honored and and uh, content when I am am feeling just like closer to Jesus Himself. So, yeah, need to work on that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Short answer: I'm not really feeling it. Maybe I'm in a desert. That's why I keep going back to other people who are feeling it. Thank you, Susan. That's that's a really important answer. Uh, I think it's like humbling to know that you're part of his plan, that he expects great things of you um, because you're obviously part of that plan. Um, but it's also, it also feels like sometimes I doubt you, I doubt myself. If, am I really uh, able to do this? Or um, I do try to say yes to things, but sometimes I wear myself out. So yeah, it's humbling, but uh, yeah, it's expected of us too, right? So I like your word, April. I can relate to that specifically. It's an honor, even if I don't feel it. And I can relate to that as well, Susan. It's still an honor to know that we've been invited, that I've been invited to do great things for Jesus and hopefully to trust, which I'm growing in, um, the power of his Holy Spirit, not my own strength. Sam, if you want to just close with your own response and and maybe close us in a prayer, it'd be great. Um, I got to admit, I'm kind of annoyed with your question. Good. Uh, <laughs> I live for that. Um, because sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm annoyed because um, you know a lot of people think, well, like, why would God want great things of me? And they feel like those expectations. I feel like they could be a bit of a hang up for people. They don't want to say yes to Jesus because they think he's expecting something. You know, they look at all the great saints or all the great leaders, and they say, I could never do that. I could never do those things. And I, I really, my answer is that he just wants you to be. Like, like Francis said, you, fully you, the best version of you is what he is his goal. Um, nothing more, nothing less. I mean, he gave you the gifts. He gives you his Holy Spirit uh, to sort of fill in the gaps. And if you just trust him, and it's also not about doing complicated things or like overthinking it. It's about being faithful to him every day. What is he asking of me right now? How can I live that faithfully? And ultimately, I think a disciple's calling is to take up the cross, to die to ourselves every day in little ways, in big ways, uh, whatever he's calling us to that day. And and uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm not annoyed. I just, I feel like we overthink it. That's a tendency I have. <laughs> um, and really, really, it's, it's, it is something fairly simple. It's about being you, becoming yourself more and more, overcoming the things, yeah, the shortcomings you have and your weaknesses but also just becoming truly who you were, you were meant to be. I think that's a refreshing idea and also kind of exciting because we are like on an adventure uh, with Jesus. So, yeah, that's my final thought. Since I have the spotlight now, I guess uh, we'll close with prayer and then I'll say goodbye. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I want to say thank you to all of our guests. Uh, thank you guys for being here. I just muted you so you can't say goodbye, but we know that you appreciate being here as well. So thank you. Um, 
And uh, we hope to see you again next week on Thursday Night Appetizer. And of course, join us on Sunday for the live stream of the Mass, the Kahoot game, and all the other things that we uh, try to offer for you here at Holy Family. So thank you for joining us. We hope that this helps you live the gospel in your daily life. God bless everybody. And uh, we will see you next week.